Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. I know that this has been a very, very, very difficult week for everyone. Um, It's been very, very difficult for me, and I almost didn't have an episode for this week, but there have been some conversations uh, that I've been having on Instagram going live with listeners, and if you're not following Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, it's one big long at Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Um, handle and I encourage you to listen to um, the IGTV sessions, if you will, that I've saved on uh, my feed. But today's episode is called My Power and it picks up from my IG live session and I'm just going to kick it to it. I didn't really do much editing. I'm exhausted from this week, but our community came together and I wanted to share my reflections on what's taken place over the last week and especially on blackout Tuesday. So I will just kick it to you to listen in on the conversation. Let's keep these conversations going. Thanks for joining. Um, yet again, uh, this is, um, this is just going to be like hot mess Tuesday. Okay. Because, um, I almost didn't record an episode for tomorrow. Um, You know, this has been a trying week. I'm tired. I look tired. Um, It's been exhausting, but so much has happened, I think, just in the last couple days that I just feel like I'm going to open the floor up again for more conversation. And this will just be one long cheer chat of an episode and with Uh, my level of fatigue. There may not be much editing this episode, so I just ask y'all to bear with me. Um, Okay, so that's just what we're doing. We're just gonna do a little recap. I do have some, you know, thoughts from the the IGTV a couple of days ago. (laughs) Was that a couple days ago, you guys? I don't even know anymore. With Quentin and Jada. Was that just yesterday? Lord have mercy. Anyway, I have some thoughts from that conversation. Ooh, this is going to be rough. Let's just buckle up, buttercup, and just accept me as I am, because this is going to just be um, just a walkthrough, you know? I I have thoughts. Um, you guys know me probably by now. I'm used to being very, very animated in my convictions, uh, real, real pointed in what I feel I need to say. And, um, you know, everything that's just been developing has sucked a lot of energy and wind out of me. So, um, I think, you know, for the last live, there was so much pent up inside of me that I probably had like diarrhea at the mouth. And I apologize again, cause it was just like, bleh, you know, um, but I, I want to start just by thanking everybody who's been vocal. 
I feel like you guys have been the voice that I just have not really had the wherewithal to be at a time like this. Um, you know, some of the things that I was sitting with after the IGTV conversation was just, why am I not like, why am I not just hella amped uh, like other people are about, you know, who's speaking up, who's not. And just, am I just that just flat out tired? Do I have that little faith in humanity? Am I just on some, like, it is what it is tip. Like I'm really just trying to figure out where's my rage, where's my outrage. And, um, it's in there, but I just, I've just been in like such a pensive state about all of this. Not that there's anything to really debate, but it's just a, it's been a lot, you know, Hey, what the hell? But I want to thank you guys, um, for using your voices. I've, I've, I've really been blown away at the courage that it, I'm watching people just exercise one by one in my feed, not just today for blackout Tuesday, but even before that, I feel like yesterday, um, that it was just people are finding their voice. And so I decided to call this episode, my power. Um, it's from the Lion King soundtrack, but I think the theme that I'm kind of left with is just that we each have so much individual personal power that once we exercise, we're going to just create a collective wave. You know, I, I just, that's the only thing that's giving me life right now. And I just want to thank you guys for inspiring me to, to ask these questions and really put myself in your shoes as current cheerleaders, especially um, for people that have talked about what it feels like, you know, to not hear from your team or not hear from your teammates. You know, I think, you know, as an alumni, maybe I'm just like a few steps removed, but you guys really just kind of like lit the fire of like how real this is right now while, you know, having certain responsibilities from being on a team as well as like not, you know, the restrictions that come along with that, right? Where you kind of feel like you can't say certain things or there's just a lot. And I just think the courage that I've seen from you guys has been very, very, very encouraging. And let's just like get into it. You might've seen my story. Well, first of all, let's just talk about um, what today is supposed to mean. Um, Blackout Tuesday and... I think it kind of started in the music industry, more from the dance industry. There was a little, I won't even say confusion, but just, I think it was a, a mate of showing solidarity, um, not just with the black uh, screen, but trying to take over the narrative of the conversation of like resources for people to figure out how they can get involved. Um, it definitely wasn't supposed to be, I posted this black square and therefore I've spoken. It's, it was, it was supposed to mean, I think that you're not going to like promote yourself or kind of post your everyday normal life. You were actually going to acknowledge the movement that's going on and take a stand as to how you feel about it, where you stand with it. And whether that meant like looking into what you can do to get involved, like what businesses you could support, what nonprofit organizations you can support. It was meant to kind of, um, make it easier for people to figure out how to get, how to join the movement in my, that's my little recap of it. Right. Um, that's why people didn't want you to use the hashtag black lives matter in that post, because they, if you're searching for that hashtag, you'd be able to see the resources, right. As opposed to like what it's like to scroll through your Instagram right now and see a bunch of black squares, right. Nobody wants to have to sift through that if they're really looking at 
what does this all mean? What is this about? So, um, so I've been seeing, um, let me back up yesterday before blackout Tuesday, I saw people posting, um, just their own narrative of what, what they've, I don't know, come to realize and not speaking up. So I was definitely probably more inspired, I'll say yesterday by different posts that I saw, um, because it was just coming from the heart, I would say. Um, whereas today, you know, there's a lot of black squares and yay. Um, but I think maybe people think that we're silent before that, like the black square says it all. And that's not quite it. Um, so, you know, let's just get to the little hot and hot and toddy topic of who's posted some black squares, right? Um, Again, I just thank you guys for the energy um, of even trying to track this because it's um, it's not like I have this I don't care attitude about it. Not I don't care. That's wrong. I'm trying to say that like I can kind of like guesstimate how people are going to how teams and leaders are probably going to handle this. Right. You know, there's PR departments. There's this is all happening so quickly that maybe people are scrambling to figure out what can I say, what should we do? Or maybe people just said, you know what, we're doing it. Or we're going to repost or share what the team, um, the sports team has done. But I did a little dig in and I put it in the story uh, for the sake of the episode. I'll kind of recap. Um, but I wanted to share with you guys because so many people were writing in and, you know, commenting like I haven't seen anything from my team yet or whatever that it just it made sense to to report back to you guys and let you know what what I found I tried to look again before going live so we'll just if there are updates you know don't come from my neck just let me know okay and then we'll just make the update but it's like what time is it 7 42 on the west coast I mean the day's kind of like over for teams that might be in different area codes so Safe to say, you know, they're probably not posting from here. We'll see. Maybe they'll post tomorrow. Is it too little too late? I don't know. Blackout Tuesday really needs to be beyond Tuesday. So let's just get into what teams have not, from what I could tell, post anything, right? Um, You ready? Okay, here we go. Um, For the NBA, I was not actually too surprised by the, the list of teams here just based on observation of what happened last year with these teams and also just the aesthetic of the teams themselves, maybe the market that they're in. But for the NBA, uh, it was the Milwaukee Bucks 4104 crew, the Sacramento Kings 916 crew, uh, the 407 dancers, which I don't think really have a social media presence at the moment. They're the new team for Orlando. If you haven't noticed the trend, these are all the new teams that formed in the NBA. Um, The Denver Nuggets dancers, um, I did hear from someone that, you know, the person that ran the social media for that site ended up being furloughed. You got to remember the NBA is in a, they're just not functioning right now. So the social media um, manager, if you will, is not working currently for the team. So that's not being updated. Um, Makes sense, right? Um, And then the Dallas Mavs. And I was, yes, I was trying to throw shade a little bit with the asterisk, but they don't really kind of have a team. I mean, I felt like right before the the Rona hit, they had a team that they put together out there that was like handpicked or something I heard. Um, But 
on the slow and on the on the sly, I should say. So I'm not surprised that they're just whatever. I'm sorry. Dallas is not on my happy list at the moment. Okay, so let's just get to the end. But let's just say this. The NBA, by far, had like a, a majority of the teams. Um, I forget how many total there are in the NBA, but so many that it was it was easier to say who didn't, right? Because there were just so many teams that have posted um, in support of Blackout Tuesday, and that was definitely encouraging. Um, NFL was just different. The list is a lot longer of those who have not posted, so... Here we go on that. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, if you saw my story, I just had an asterisk uh, that their post had like, you know, the rainbow shade of light to dark fists or hearts. No, hearts, not fists. Hearts with no other text, nothing. So from everybody I heard from, that really kind of doesn't count for much. So try harder or something. I don't know. I mean, okay, just whatever. Uh, the Top Cats, the Saints the Cowboys, the Jets, the Raiderettes, the Jaguars, the Chargers, and the Patriots. Okay. And so let me just say this too, um, cause there were all these asterisks and caveats, but Basically, there were teams that had various ways of saying something, right? They might repost what the team posted. They may put something in their story or retweet on Twitter. Like this was kind of like doing an Instagram, but I did check, like maybe they said something on Facebook. Maybe they said something on Twitter, but, um, but these teams didn't do anything on the team account. Then, you know, through communications with you guys, which are, you guys are great. It's, I, I don't have eyes everywhere. Right. But, um, I think there were certain team leaders for the Cowboys and the Raiderettes. I just found out as well that posted on their individual accounts, um, in support of blackout Tuesday. And, you know, I kind of posed that question to you guys. Um, you know, how do we feel about that? I mean, I think when you're an employee of a team, you know, there are, whatever their social media rules are. I don't know if it's how restrictive it is or if there's just a culture where you know that won't fly. But needless to say, they posted in their personal individual capacity, maybe to let people know how they stand or, you know, where they stand on it as a person. But being able to speak for the organization that they lead, they haven't done it. Um, what do you guys make of that? I mean, I... I'm the type of person, just so you guys know, I try to, you know, have as well-informed of an opinion as possible. I do try to understand things from different angles and perspectives. I try not to rush to judgment when my gut feels it. And it's just like, uh-uh, that's not the move. Or, you know, then I, I tend to go with that, but I try to just think rationally through things. And again, you know, I don't know why I've had such a like dry as toast, flat reaction to whether these teams posted or not at first, but as I started listening to you guys and, you know, people who are either aspiring to be on these teams, they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, or they look up to people who are on the teams or, you know, they have an, you have an attachment to this. And it just makes me think too, like you guys are the heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, passion, dedication of this industry. Right. And 
your voices matter. Like, who cares if, you know, if I might be like on, you know, more of a like a, I won't say calm, but just kind of like this rational, whatever, let me think about it thing. Like you guys are the ones in it or you're, you're, you have an investment where you should be able to be looking for a return on that in terms of like, I'm giving my all to this organization. Where are you to support a cause that just seems again, black and white, not so much controversial. And I think people are, are asking the right questions of why is it so hard to post something? Like, what is the struggle? What is the, who are we scared to offend? What is it that we are afraid of? Like, would your job really be in jeopardy as a director of a team if you posted a black square on the team account? And to me, when I ask those questions to, you know, I come up with the answer that there must be something in the air where that must not be acceptable, which speaks to the culture of the organization. If it's something that people have to actually like ponder and think and sit on it, like, I don't know, that to me speaks volumes of the culture that you're a part of if it's really going to be so controversial. I have nothing. Like, I really have been trying, and maybe that's where, why I haven't, like, jumped to, like, boom, this is it. Because I've really been trying to figure this out. Like, what is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is this a difficult issue to speak on? Why? I know that there's a lot of division, and I, we already kind of talked about that on the IGTV, but um, at the end of the day, what this day supposedly stood for and kind of the support of the dance community, you're seeing every other team do it. If if not just to be following the bandwagon, just do it. Like, it's so loud to see the teams that have not. And I didn't do any math to be able to tell you what percentage this is, but for the NFL, let's just count real quick. Almost half of the teams in the NFL with, with cheerleading teams, 11 out of 26. That's not good. NBA, again, the stats were a little bit better to have five teams out of however many NBA teams there are with dancers. But I think we just have to really think about what this, what this means and how do, we, how do we feel about it and how do we hold them accountable? I mean, I think as a podcast you know, this platform is y'all's voice as far as I'm concerned. And I think there's something to be said. And I offered this to somebody that wrote in, you know, if there needs to be a statement where I can try to put into words um, what it feels like for members of the team to not see a post today, to try to articulate that and tag those teams, hopefully I can capture, you know, from the perspective of an African-American cheerleader on the team or, or anybody on the team that frankly that's offended by it, I can definitely take a stab at articulating that because maybe maybe y'all's hands are tied in terms of speaking up to say that, wh where the hell are you? Like, why didn't you do it? Okay, maybe that's not an email that you're sending. Maybe there's not that kind of open relationship where you can say to the director, like, this actually hurts me that you have, our team hasn't come out publicly to make a statement on this issue. Maybe it's not kosher for that, but this platform is here for you guys. And you guys, again, have given me energy and I can put time into into doing something like that. So I already committed to do it. So it's going to be done. Um, 
But the other thing that I was left with, so we talked about the teams, right? And what they have or have not done. Some were very surprising on that list and some were a little late to join the list. But again, I don't know if it'll mean anything for them to do it tomorrow. At some point, if they're doing some like internal team message, I don't know. Y'all can let me know, but it was really eye-opening to at least do a survey of, of the landscape out there. The other thing that I wanted to talk about um, was just, you know, the concept of what it means to be a part of a team for these pro teams, right? Like what I heard um, the other day and talking to Quentin and Jada was just that they were, they also had feelings and anger or just like frustration with their teammates who had not posted. And maybe today, you know, everybody's got a black square and it's all all good. But, you know, the things that I was left thinking about, again, I don't know if it's like low expectations of people to be, or I expect people to be who they've shown me to be, right? And it's not even about like not being disappointed. It's just, I can already kind of guesstimate what I can expect from you. And I'm not going to expect, you know, look to you to do things that you have not demonstrated in your character that you're built for. That's how I look at things. But I wanted to talk about just this concept of like our community. Um, I've seen people putting themselves out there to to speak up because maybe they hadn't before. I think that's that's the direction I'd like to see us as a community go. But I just think that what I what I took away from that conversation was just that we have to really evaluate these relationships. Um, Ooh, we have a question. So I'm going to, and I saw it. So I'm going to say something. Uh, Tara said, how many of you felt comfortable about talking about race when you were cheering? Was it just me who felt like you were supposed to keep your head down and not comment on anything about race? Great question, Tara. That is exactly where I'm going with this. Like, cause I'm sensing that there was a lot of like not talking going on. Um, and it just ended up manifesting itself within when this issue came up. Um, I'll speak for myself and people. I will try to keep up with the comments. Um, you know, race, mm, race when you're on the team for me uh, didn't come up. How do I want to say this? Like, really, it's just more race came up. I'll be real. Race came up when it came down to uh, decisions that were made, whether it be calendar, whether it be show group, like different preferential treatment that only kind of cater to a certain, you know, to the white women on the team. Um, But it wasn't something where it was like a group forum where everybody can just kind of like raise their hand after practice and say, you know, did you think about diversity when you, you know, whatever? No, that was not... That there was very much a heads down, you came to work, your thoughts and opinions, you could try to express them, but it was not something that was like very open. Um, I'm curious with people who are on the team now, if they do feel like those conversations are as open, I, 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 it might really depend on the leadership and how um, certain issues that are like kind of team squad business are addressed, but um, I think for the teams that come to mind where they embrace diversity and it's really, really like apparent from their marketing, from 
the cohesiveness, at least from the outside of the team, that I think it depends on the leadership. Um, but by and large, I would probably say that it's not something that's openly talked about. And if there was a situation like this, I mean, the closest thing was when Kaepernick was kneeling. And I, I know that it was definitely not an open dialogue about how we felt as a team. And if people felt like they wanted to, you know, take a stand or protest in a similar way, it just was not a topic for discussion. We were told what we were going to do. And that was just the way that it was dealt with on my team. So I, I welcome people to, you know, respond to Tara's question in the comments, you know, how comfortable do we feel talking about race? And if it's not as part of the team, then it's something that, again, let's use this platform for what it's worth. Let's talk about it together. Um, that was one takeaway, too, from, you know, the conversation with Quentin and Jada was just that we need to have that conversation and it needs to be a safe space. It needs to just be something that we just F it, go for it and, and try to talk about. Right. Um, you know, the diversity episode that that we did about I'm Every Woman just gave the, the stats, the numbers of what appeared to be diversity or lack thereof on different teams in NBA and NFL. But what it's like to be a minority or person of color on these teams you know, that was just a very, very scratch the surface kind of conversation. And we can definitely do a deep dive on it because I think what what I'm hearing, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but in the pain and just like listening to people talk about what it feels like to feel hurt by your teammates not having your back or posting to show support, it's almost like a, a, a feeling of betrayal. Like I thought we were cool like that. I thought we were sisters. I thought we were like, you know, a family. And even from alumni saying the same thing, I thought we as a team were a family and they feel hurt by the silence. Um, and to me, that suggests that we definitely got some talking to do because if somebody's thinking, you know, we do all this hard work together and we're you know, posting with pictures of each other and we're like in each other's wedding and we're like, you know, besties are us that like when something like this happens that you would think that we would all be one united front. And I'm curious, you know, what your guys' experience is on this, because if it's really not that way, then it's it's almost like I feel like we're almost seeing each other for the first time, you know, like the teams on the list, you know, maybe I would have had an expectation that, you know, Raiderettes, as diverse as their squad is, would have absolutely have posted something. They didn't, you know, and it's like, oh, well, damn, maybe, well, hell, you know, okay. You know, and there's, there's, there's team, I think, I think it's going to be the same kind of realization that people come to when it comes to their friendships, you know, we all end up stumbling across, you know, ridiculous, ignorant posts too, from people that we were like, wow, is that how you feel? And then you do some spring cleaning, um, I think it's just really a matter of, of having that critical eye and paying attention um, to not just who your what your teams are saying in terms of the leadership, but also your friendships. And I'm not saying that so that you can cut people off, but it's like you can start with a conversation. Um, I think there's more uh, power and room for growth in having a conversation. Um, I think because there is some pain and kind of feelings of betrayal associated with it, people are just going to have to kind of walk into it with an open mind. Um, this shouldn't be the first time that you're having conversations about race, but 
maybe in the, in the the virtue by virtue of how we work together and we're all cheering for the team and we're not thinking about race despite it being kind of like right in front of us you know you're cheering for a team that's predominantly black and you know you people just probably aren't thinking well let me ask you how do you feel about about this particular issue or you know like and that's something that's unfortunate again like to answer Tara's question I think that the conversations that I've been a part of about race while I was on the team were always sidebars like wow we can't have one damn black person on show group like really you know or whatever just you know whether it's calendar who's featured you know just kind of side conversations but nothing where you felt um like you had the collective or just unless you just wanted to get on your director's nerves and not make it back like you're not really going to be trying to bubble up those kind of issues and questions to the surface and that's unfortunate because that's and that's the one thing that I just keep wanting to challenge with this platform is just our voice like why is it unfair or 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 taboo for you to raise a simple question like have you thought about having more people of color on show group um that's sticking your neck out there but it's something that should be it should be open and it's not I'd like to change that I definitely you know definitely would and if anybody is interested in speaking about your experience from being being on a team as a person of color um whether that's just emailing me or writing me a statement of how you feel, if you feel supported, if you don't feel supported, the types of inequities that you see and observe from being on the team, we can redact stuff, bleep stuff out. I can, you know, read it in the show, but I just think it's something that we probably as a community should just start having those ugly conversations, ask ourselves those questions. Cause like how much of a family are we really, if we can't talk about this type of stuff and so I'm just going to put that out there it's something that I will absolutely clear the floor for and I encourage you all to uh let me know um yeah oh my gosh yeah diversity does not should not mean a sprinkle of brown black yellow and a redhead absolutely I encourage you guys not to like plug the episode but um Give it a listen. You know, there's two parts to I'm Every Woman. We interviewed, um, oh my gosh, brain fart. Holy cow. Black girls cheer. (laughs) My brain. You guys know. I'm so sorry. This is just literally fatigue. Um, But the first part of the episode, it'll come to me as soon as I start talking. The first part of the episode was just looking at, again, the numbers for the NBA, NFL and talking about like, how diversity is usually perceived in that very same way, Tara, where it's like, um, it's Takoya Harris. Good Lord. I'm so sorry. Jeez. Anyway, um, that it's always just kind of like that potpourri of, of hair. Like when you take the team picture, when you make the team, they're moving people around because they don't want too many blondes in the, in the row and they need the redhead sprinkled in. And so it's like, it's that. And, um, it means so much more. So there's diversity and then there's also inclusion. Like how do you treat people once you even have those numbers there present? And again, if you have a pretty diverse team, but these are still issues that you're not talking about, you know, we're only, we're not, we're not getting very far with the conversation. So, um, and it just, it just gets amplified when something like this happens, you know, that you don't have that unity and you don't have that cohesiveness that you would if there were, if people were actually really connected, 
you know, when you guys think about like training camp or um, we call it like our weekend workshop, but whatever your little bonding activities are to get to know each other is like a mini squad. And you kind of like do these things where you're bonding with one another. It's not, maybe this is a topic that you can add to that as a way of connecting with people. I mean, maybe it's some kind of like diversity discussion as part of your team bonding. Maybe that's something that you guys can take to your team directors to say, we could actually benefit from doing something like this, or we're looking at our squad and we really out of all of the auditions can only have one person of color. Like, I don't know. I mean, I have, we're still going through the auditions process. I haven't repeated the survey. It's two years old now. No, that's not true. Is it two years old now? Good gracious. The point is, I haven't done it again since the first time. It was the first time it had been done, period. So, you know, have to, I'll have to do it every couple of years or something like that. But maybe these issues that you guys um, are things that you guys can try to bring to your management as like a next next step. Or if you don't want to involve your management, maybe it's something that you bring into the conversation as to how you are bonding and connecting with your teammates. Because I think the last few days has definitely revealed that it people are not as close as they thought that they were. And that's unfortunate. You know, I'm, again, going to try to be encouraged by the fact that these conversations are happening now or starting to happen. It's a sign of progress. If you, you know, reaching out to your friends to say, to extend yourself, to say, like, I see you, I hear you, I want to learn more about what your experience is like and maybe the maybe having the conversation around pro cheer in our world will actually not to say that we're ignoring what's going on but the issues that hit closest to home where people can actually feel like they're doing something for our world when we're on a team for sure is like being on the team and maybe for people to figure out for themselves what can I individually do starts with the people they're closest with the people they spend the most time with and so I encourage people to, to be open to having those conversations with your teammates. And back to the point of this, I'm like looking so like what, you know, but um, the reason I wanted to call this episode my power is just because like, I do believe that this is, this starts on a very personal level. It's a personal journey and we each have to discover our own unique power to bring about change not just in our lives, but in our, in our communities. Right. So, you know, the, I didn't know, and, you know, and all of the, not even want to say excuses, but let's just get past what did not happen before and focus on your individual power now. And kind of like, let's just take it to the, what are we going to go from here conversation? Because it's going to take like baby steps of getting out of this shit that we're in right before And it's going to start with your individual life. It's going to start with the people that are in your inner circle, your closest circle. It's going to, those are the relationships and the impact that you're going to be making day to day as we move past like Blackout Tuesday. And so, you know, I'm just going to encourage people to reflect on that. Um, I'm not, you know, like some diversity and like inclusion professional I, I'm not going to tell people what to do. There are lots of resources out there that people are sharing books, movies, all kinds of ways of getting enlightened. It's an individual journey. So you're going to have to individually do some work, um, some research, some reading, some reflecting. Um, 
but take the time to do it. And like with anything that you do, um, like, I think people might be feeling overwhelmed with like, I have to do what the next person's doing. Like I, I, and you don't have to, it's not the same path for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So you can decide for you in your life, what is best for you to push yourself forward to change. And that's not going to be the same thing as the person next to you. And that is okay. But one thing that you do or the thing that you commit to doing, like do it full the fuck out, like do it, make it meaningful, like make it count for something. I think that commitment in and of itself will go so much further because this is going to like, I hope not to some extent, you know, but it's probably going to die down. Time is going to pass when these cops are either sentenced or not sentenced. Like it might be another uproar, but we got to, in terms of like the forward progression of where we are in this shit-tastic situation right now, you know, it's going to take some commitment from each of us. And I would just say, if you can just, without necessarily making a public declaration, just decide for yourself, this is how I want to improve from this situation and then do it full out. I think that's the only thing I can think of in terms of just moving forward from here. But I welcome the conversation again, you know, happy to have anybody join the live now if you so choose to, um, if you guys want to talk about any of the teams. Um, I just want to kind of end on a the only positive note that I've felt in the last couple of days again, which is just uh, our voices are being heard. Like, I love that you guys have been passionate, that you've been vocal on your platforms, that you have just found your voice. Um, some for the first time, I'm inspired by that shit. Like, honestly, like it's, it's showing that people are pushing themselves in uncomfortable situations. Right. And that means growth. You don't really grow when you're comfortable. Right. And so, um, you know, I just think those are positive effing moves. And I just want you guys also to think about like, when it's like my power, us as cheerleaders and dancers, like people look to us for inspiration, Okay, like these are things that we we tout all the time. Like we we relish the fact that we can make difference a difference in our communities. We talk about that all the time. We love our community service. We love um, that's the part that we probably enjoy the most. We love connecting with kids. We love all of those things. And so I just think that if we if we're thinking of all of our passions and what makes us light up about the role that we're in, like take that and freaking run with that shit because like there's so much of a difference that we can make you know it's like maybe our voices appear to be small like on these teams and maybe we can't just go run up to the god dang owner of our team and speak our mind on this whole issue okay fine right that's maybe that's not the fight but you have so much impact in your life as a pro cheerleader as an aspiring cheerleader like everybody has a sphere of influence. And I would just say, use it. And for those of you who have the platform of being on a team, I mean, I'm again, inspired by, you know, how Quentin put it, like, don't be afraid to say what you feel is right or wrong. Like, really don't be because you should not be reprimanded for speaking out on this issue in particular, in particular. <laughs> If you are, like, I wish I could just be like the freaking pro cheerleading god dang police, but just know that there are people who 
feel the same way that you do that should support you. You guys got to come together. That's all I guess I really want to say is like there are there's power in numbers. There's power in your own voice. And once you voice it, stand behind your freaking cheer brothers and sisters, you guys like nobody has to be alone in this damn fight. Nobody has to fight the same fight. But it's like if we're all doing our part and do our job, do it with passion, with compassion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think we're going to make strides. Like I'm, I want our community to evolve from this sphere of freaking fear. You know what I mean? Where everybody's paralyzed by not wanting to jeopardize opportunities. Like I really want us to maybe just take this as an opportunity to kind of speak your mind because sometimes like, okay, I'll just mention, you know, for reference, like Starbucks. When I was working there and all the shit went down in the Philadelphia store and despite all the great things that Starbucks stood for, like once that happened, it became like, it just kind of like opened up a wound when everybody was coming out of the woodworks talking about, well, actually, you know, it ain't that great here for, um, for this, that, and the third in terms of just like uncovering like what was going on in our own backyard. And I think they weren't expecting all that. They were just trying to open up the dialogue, which is very Starbucks, right? Like just let's have a town hall and talk about what's going on in the world. And I loved that about working there. Um, but when it when stuff went down in our own backyard, it was like, oh, shoot. Oh, we got, ooh, we got way more going on than we thought. But it ends up being a healthy conversation as long as you're willing to to carry it, right? Because, and this is our own backyard. People may not think, you know, pro cheerleaders have anything to say about this shit, but we're all here on this IG Live talking to each other, connecting with one another on it. And you guys have made it so clear that you have something to say. And I think that's really, really powerful and don't be afraid. Don't don't silence that voice now. Like, I just think it's like a moment that we can seize to say, these are our concerns. Maybe we couldn't ever have kind of like felt comfortable doing that before. But maybe there's maybe it's, you know, the people of color on a particular team kind of connecting together to discuss relations on the team. Maybe it's open to everybody. Who knows? But the point is, you guys make a list of things that you would like to see done differently this upcoming season. Maybe because it's a collective group of people, you actually get the attention. It's not one person whining and complaining. It's a a bunch of people saying this is actually important and we'd like this to be fixed. Just imagine the change, you guys, of how you would be moving our industry forward by taking this time. Why not now? You know, and yes, it's kind of like unrelated to what's going on in the world to some extent, but this is coming up for a reason. So I just say like, There's a lot of power in that. And I just encourage you guys to talk. Yeah, hella inspiring, Quentin. Yes, seeing what everyone coming together is inspiring AF. It has been the only thing that's been, you know, just giving me hope that there's a way for us to kind of move in a positive direction from here. I think for the first time, people are putting themselves in in other shoes you know, seeing someone post about actually attending a protest and seeing for their own eyes that the police, that they're peaceful protests and that the police are tear gassing people and shooting them with rubber bullets when they weren't doing anything that like experiencing walking in someone else's shoes or just being open to reading more. I mean, there's just so much um, that I good that I think can come from this. That's what I will continue to be inspired by. And I just think us as a community, 
I never try to like act like we're, you know, the center of the universe, even though in my mind, like, yes, we are. But you guys do have a lot of influence. You do have people who look to you, whether it's your personal goddamn social media or your team social media and do what feels right to you. But just don't be afraid. I guess that's what I really want to say. Um, don't be don't be afraid to connect with one another. Don't be afraid to share what inspires you, what you've learned. And, you know, let's just keep the dialogue going. If you are interested, like I said, in sharing your experience as a person of color on a team, it's not limited to that, but I think the conversation would be helpful as kind of like a a starting point to gather people who are, are minorities to kind of talk through what that experience is like, you know, and I think for people who have observations of what they've seen, maybe they're not a person of color, but things that they they have noticed that they don't think is fair or right, you know, feel free to reach out. Like, I just think um, we got to create these, these the space for these conversations. I think we can all grow from it. You guys, again, have inspired me and given me energy in a week that kicked my ass. So I thank you. And um, I will hush in case anybody wants to to join you guys for those of you who don't know Tara Saunders is the owner of Dallas Wear, and I'm obsessed with her she we did an interview together um but I'm just sharing the comments for people who um are listening to the podcast she said I cheered 20 years ago I have so much no I have so much shame and regret for never speaking up about things like this y'all are the new cheer generation and I believe in you wow um I'm going to read this other comment here. I'd like to respond to you on that. Um, Someone says, it has been very eye-opening for me and made me realize how much more I need to educate myself about everything. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. So Tara, here's what I'm going to say to that. Um, Don't be ashamed. You, I mean, for all of the, for all of the, I'll, I'll just speak to you and as a black woman, like for all of the cheerleaders that came before me, that had a had a place on the team you kind of you paved the way just by being there for for us to have a space in the NFL like we know the times were different like things that flew or were part of the culture of pro cheerleading like a cup you know 10 15 probably even five well I won't say five years ago but any the point is that it has continuously evolved to be very different from what it was like when when maybe you cheered 20 years ago but you, by virtue of being there, created the space where we could be here now. So it's no shame or regret in that. I think back, back then, especially, it was probably, she cheered for the Dallas Cowboys, you guys. Back then, especially, it might have just been hard enough just to even be on that team. So I think the fact that you were present, you probably, maybe you dealt with things that were just really effed up, but it was kind of like the price to pay, so to speak, for, for even being able to be represented I don't knock that struggle at all. And I would say that there's not to have shame and regret. You you pave the way so that we can actually be on these teams 20 years later. And I, I just, I wouldn't look at it that way. You guys created the space for a legacy so that we can look at you being on the team, Tara, 20 years ago and say, I want to be her. That's the power. I don't care if you weren't able to speak up all the time about things that were maybe going on, just your presence alone inspired some black girl somewhere to want to be in your shoes one day. And that speaks volumes. That is not to, 
that's heavy and there's no shame and regret. I think we've all experienced an evolution of what our industry looks like and, you know, what maybe flies today wouldn't have, wouldn't have been the case, you know, several years back. And that's just, but the, the beauty of it is we might be putting up with shit today that we shouldn't be putting up with 20 years from now. So we can, we can change it by trying to speak up and just having that support system so that if you do, you're not on the island. And that's going to be like having that actual relationship with your teammates where it's like, okay, if I say something, y'all better not just be quiet and shit. Like I'm going to be looking for you and I need you to back me. And I think that's something that we got to work on within our space so that it's not just this one lone ranger out there that we're all supporting one another because it's going to take not just all the black girls on a team saying, hey, this isn't right. It's going to take other people on the team to create the numbers, to create the change. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to scroll back because I missed something. <laughs> but Tara, we love you. Everybody, I mean, I just, that's coming from me. I'm sure tons of people would agree with me. There's no shame and regret in that. I think you're inspiring people probably now of knowing how, maybe how different it was. And that's something that for that conversation, maybe we do get somewhat of a, like, you know, a, not at once say a history lesson because you're, we are not old. Okay. But maybe we need some alumni as part of the conversation. I mean, to even understand how far we've come, but at the same time, knowing that we got some work to do. Um, so there it's all love. There's, there, there's no shame and regret. I would say no to that. Like you, you're so dope and so amazing and so inspiring and I know you helped some people follow that dream. So um, don't be down on yourself about that. Um, so Anne says, yes, having a voice is so important. Sorry. It's okay to band together and give the answer as to what is acceptable. Ooh, is that a question? Oopsies. I'm reading you guys, but like, sh screw me if I'm like, you're not getting it right. What blend of talent would be a comfortable ratio that makes everyone inclusive? Um, what I would like, I mean, to answer that question in terms of like, what is really representation is to me is different than inclusion, right? So when I, you think diversity, you would think it would represent, you know, reflect the broader community of a city. I mean, I had a great conversation with this with Michelle from, from the Blazers where she was saying in Portland, you know, the numbers, maybe the, the makeup of her team is actually reflective of the city, but it's not reflective of the team that's out there on the court. And so you're trying to balance, you know, having the right amount of talent from who shows up at auditions, um, but also just wanting to have, you know, a greater level of diversity. And it's always, I think, a battle for directors, at least that I've talked to, to ideally have people show up for auditions where they can actually pick, you know, the talent level that they need, but also a diverse group so that they can, you know, have like a, a diverse team at the end of the day. Um, I just think like one is never going to be enough to me, period. Um, one out of like what for NBA, like 16 or so, or, you know, and seeing two African-Americans out of 30 something people in the NFL, is that really all we could, I mean, that's my two cents on that, but, um, it's a very subjective, uh, judging process to begin with, um, but I just can't believe for two seconds that people don't have the talent to be on some of these teams of different, of different racial backgrounds. I just won't believe that period, but 
I'm not in the judging room, but I don't really understand why the numbers shake out the way that they do. Um, Danielle says, agreed, and thank you, Tara. Yes, the women that stood before us mean so much. You all are who inspired me to want to be on that field. And that's the truth. Like, that's, I know that people have to feel that way, um, period. Like, I think you, whatever you experience as part of that team, that may have not been just or fair or right based on the color of your skin, Tara. Like, you were a fighter, you stuck through it, you didn't let it stop you from pursuing your dream. And again, that speaks, speaks volumes. Um, Oh yeah, so everybody's just saying that, Tara. I'm not the I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, you guys are out there making a difference in every way. Hey, Charles. Um, yes, she said. Shout out to the Brooklyn Nets for having nine black girls. Yeah, and Quentin says that's why I love the Rams. We represent LA as a whole. So much diversity on the team. I mean, that was what was exciting in doing that diversity episode was just actually like. If you just look at, you know, each roster and starting to see like, wow, this is a pretty potpourri. Like there's just a little bit of everything going on. And it's it's exciting if it reflects the city. I just wanted to say, like, diversity is a beautiful thing. And why wouldn't people want to have a wide swath of just a beautiful, wonderfully talented people? And I think it's possible. Definitely think it's possible. And you're not sacrificing talent in doing so, period. I don't believe that. There's too many talented, amazing freaking dancers and they show up at auditions every year. We just got to figure out what could use some adjusting, right? Maybe your judging panel is not diverse enough and maybe they have a, maybe there's an unspoken understanding of what your look is and people need to move beyond that because, you know, there's not just one standard. I appreciate you guys bearing with me again. um, I'm a perfectionist, so I probably will edit this episode. (laughs) Because I'm a hot mess. I should probably put on a bonnet. I'd look better. But I just want to thank you guys seriously for the conversation, the open mind, the pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, the willingness to hold these teams accountable, the energy. Ugh, like it gave me life. And I would just like to say that normally, you know, my mouth, I'm usually popping off. And I just think this week we just needed to speak as a group. And, and raise up what's really important for us. And you guys have done that. You guys should just be encouraged by that. Be proud of yourselves. You know, be kind to yourselves. And move forward in a very full out, committed kind of way. So, unless anybody wants to join me on live where I shut up and just not talk so much, I'm going to sign off. But I love you guys. I want, I want us all to be better, including myself. Like, including myself. You guys be safe out there, please. These peaceful protests, as well-meaning as you are to go, are, it's some other shit going on, okay? So just take care of yourselves. Um, The police are not respecting peaceful protests, period. And I don't, I mean, it's just really, unfortunately, going to deter a lot of people from protesting probably, but I just encourage you guys to be safe. I love you guys. I'm going to just wrap, probably have a really ratchet episode tomorrow, but I'm just going to launch and hopefully people who are not, you know, on Instagram or what have you can listen to this conversation and keep the conversations going in their own space. So on that note, you guys have a wonderful night and hang in there and be safe.
And don't forget the Rona still out there, okay? Wear the mask, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. All right, talk to you guys later. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.